Good to be with you all on this auspicious occasion. Information that he himself shared about himself in his early life. I, of course, met him at the uh, at the twilight of his um, presence in this world. And um, he was maybe a, a year or so older than Prabhupada. I think he was born in 19, 18, 1885, 85. And Prabhupada in 1886, I believe. Seems like a long time ago, huh? Um, and so when I met him, he was, he was quite old and uh, restricted in terms of his movement and uh, vision. Um, but um, so physically, um, due to infirmity, old age, and all, but um, he was quite internally active and um, myself and others um, of Prabhupada's disciples who came under his guidance at that, that time by, as, from his own admission, energized him with our enthusiasm and, uh, and questions and so forth, which uh, in, as I say, the kind of the twilight of his life uh, here uh, gave rise to volumes and volumes of Siksha. <clears throat> In those days, from 1982 until his passing, um, he typically, uh, when visiting devotees were there, uh, would sit morning and evening for a couple of hours. <clears throat> morning, couple hours, evening, couple hours, and basically answer, answer questions. Um, and um, so, as I say, by his own admission, our presence um, as uh, disciples of Prabhupada in a time after Prabhupada had passed and in need of good association, it energized him and brought out things that some of his disciples who had been... Um, living with him for years at the moth had never heard before. They were, they were um, charmed, surprised, and inspired by so many of the things that, uh, that came out, which were obviously stored up within him, but waiting for the catalyst of um, the kind of necessity that we were possessed of at the time uh, for a good association, you can imagine, what a, a crisis it was, if you will, for us, not only with the passing of Prabhupada, but then with uh, considerable misrepresentation of him on the part of um, those attempting to uh, step into his shoes amongst our uh, God brothers. So our necessity was great, and, and the, the remuneration, if you will, the reciprocation coming down from above through him was, was considerable. Again, even his own disciples who had lived with him for years were quite inspired by the talks that were kind of half of the equation, better half, I could say, of the equation uh, between speaker on his part and inquirer on our part. Of course, this is the 
reminds us, us of the, the very setting of the Bhagavatam itself, <clears throat> the necessity of Parikshit Maharaj, um, which uh, drew um, into his presence the persona of Sugadev and from within him all the insights that um, constitute the, the present day edition of Srimad Bhagavatam. So a very classic kind of setting and, and circumstances. Um, but again, this was the, uh, the twilight of his, his life. I am not familiar with many, many of the, of the details of his life, his preferences, uh, personal um, uh, uh, preferences and history and so forth, other than what he himself shared with us, some anecdotes from Bhakti uh, Sundar uh, Govinda Maharaj, his successor. Um, but I'll try to relate uh, some of those before returning back to the period of time that uh, I was blessed to have his uh, good association and um, um, at which time I'll, I'll um, hopefully be able to share some anecdotes as, as well uh, at that time. But it's interesting, uh, at least with regard to myself, um, in that uh, as a student of Pujapachita Mars that I'm, I'm not familiar with many of the details of his personal, like I say, preferences, idiosyncrasies. I mean, some obviously, and, and uh, I'll share what I found to be his uh, primary like characteristics and whatnot, but um, those are charming, of course, and beautiful, and I um, can't say enough about them, but same time, they're uh, comparatively speaking relative to the substance of his presentation. The terms Bapu and Bani come to come to mind. The Bapu means the person, uh, for example, in the figure of the Guru, his person, his likes, dislikes, or her dislikes and dislikes, idiosyncrasies, as, as I say, and, uh, and and so forth. And then the, the Bani, the teaching, the Siksha, in his own words. Pujapachiramarsh speaking about these two features of the divine manifestation, particularly with regard to the guru or the sadhu, gave the analogy or in the form of a rhetorical uh, statement, what more important, um, the nose or the breath? Obviously the breath is more important than, than how the nose may look. So the teaching, the siksha, the substance, and this is obviously an emphasis of his substance over form in the broad broad sense. So I'm well, to whatever extent I may be lacking with familiarity with the features of, of the form a person like, like nowadays too, you can find with regard to Prabhupada, so many books sharing anecdotes, personal interactions, and and whatnot, all of which are, are charming and so forth. Um, 
written by those who had some personal association within, perhaps more than others, and and so on. Um, and you know, those are those are nice books, but the substance of what he gave, what his contribution was, and so forth, is sometimes um, uh, missed. And uh, and um, you know, with, with an emphasis on such stories, antidotes, history, uh, and that's uh, that, that's a shame. So um, I do feel that uh, I have been blessed to be able to represent the substance of what Pujapachita Marsh shared, and. Um, And uh, that I was able to do by his grace, largely what he asked me to do, to, to uh, do welfare relief work, as he called it, by speaking to devotees and, and sharing the kind of relief that, I, that we were experiencing at, at, again at the time of necessity. But uh, we'll, we'll, as I say, try to come back to that and uh, let me proceed at first with some some um, anecdotes <laughs> as to his uh, earlier life um, that again, he himself revealed um, uh, here and there. I, I, I think that Bhaktivedanta uh, Sagar Maharaj, a brother of mine, a disciple of Prabhupada, uh, was probably the most instrumental in bringing out some of those anecdotes and, uh, and early life history of uh, Pujapat Sridhar Marsh by way of making a concert, concerted effort to interview him you know, in, in terms of a biographical sketch with a view to write some type of uh, biography about him. A small booklet was uh, published um, from those uh, interviews. Um, I can't recall the name, the title that was given to that, but um, it's a nice uh, contribution. And um, so, so to go to the beginning, of course, uh, uh, it's certainly auspicious to note that Pujapachina Marsh was born or appeared in the world as we sometimes say, um, within the Godamandala. Godamandala is the mandala, the circle of um, Gore, Goda, Godadesh, Bengal, circle in which uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was um, manifest and his early uh, leelas were performed before departing from Gautamandala and going to Jagannath Puri, which is kind of coming out of the um, where we want to go in order to teach us how to enter there. That's what his sannyas lila, of course, is about. Um, teaching us through that how to enter into Navadweep, which is one, although different at the same time, with uh, Braj and the Braj Mandal. So it, it's thought uh, that if the Leela of Krishna is to manifest in this world with his associates, uh, 
that that will be uh, in, in the form of the Gore uh, avatar, Gore Krishna's descent, the Acharya Leela of, of, of the Leela Purushottam Krishna. Krishna is Leela Purushottam, Gore is Prem Purushottam. So he's teaching Prem. This is his Acharya Leela. So where he appears, that will be non-different from where he came from, from Vrindavan and his associates will come with him. Um, which is largely the case, although there are associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who appeared outside of that uh, sacred geographical region, region for the reason, of course, that that region, Godamandala, which I'm saying Pujapat was born within, which is auspicious, is a sweet, like Vrindavan uh, circle of friends that has the addition uh, of magnanimity to it. So the distribution of the sweetness. So for reasons related to the distribution, some of Krishna's associates who appeared in Gorlila took their birth outside of Godamandala, like in Puri and other places. Um, and in an extended sense of Gorlila that we live in, uh, that... Um, is uh, also the case that we find uh, devotees with a background in Krishna consciousness appearing in different countries, um, background from previous lives. So at any rate, Gaudamandala, auspicious sacred place, and Pujapatridamarsh appeared within that circle in the uh, uh, town called Hapaniya. Hmm? from a Brahmin uh, family. And um, my recollection is that uh, his family, his father was not entirely favorable to his Vaishnav um, proclivities, which developed um, over uh, time, but early um, in in his life. and particularly, of course, uh, upon meeting Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he. Um, um, but but prior to that, um, his uh, inner kind of sense of seeking was uh, prominent. And he mentions, um, has mentioned prominent events in his life that were pivotal. And uh, uh, a conversation he had with a fellow uh, student, um, his uh, reflections on uh, uh, Gayatri Mantra or two that uh, come to mind. Um, uh, A student uh, in those days that you had in in the school in the British under the British government, traditionalists, and then the persons drifting towards uh, modern thinking. And uh, Pujapachitamarsh was more inclined towards the traditional uh, perspective. And a friend of his, who was similarly so disposed, once in conversation, 
um, referred to his father as that gentleman. Oh, that gentleman. And this Sridharmarsh took exception to because these were, of course, times and circumstances in which the family unit was even much more together than it is today in the, in, in, in the Western world and um, uh, affection for family members and so forth uh, and living in proximity to them and, and whatnot. Uh, if not, you know, taking up the father's business or following in his footsteps was was the norm. So to refer to your father as that gentleman was a little jarring to uh, to him. Uh, but the student uh, replied, the friend replied to him, well, but it's a fact. I've had other fathers, I've had other mothers. This is just a pinpoint, you know, in, in my eternal trajectory, this man. Um, so I refer to him as that that gentleman. Why should I be overly affectionately disposed towards him. And of course, this is a traditional, you know, perspective. Uh, sounds a bit harsh, if you will, at first, if you don't understand, that is, that renunciation and detachment is the first step in love. You have to step back to, to see things as they are hmm? in order to step, to enter into them hmm? and, and love. Had to step back from the world for a moment to see what it is, what's going on, and then you're in a better position to actually pursue love. Otherwise, in the pursuit of love, you may be pursuing quite the opposite of that. <clears throat> so, um, when the friend explained something that obviously Shudermarsh was not unfamiliar with that teaching, but he said it in such a way that it really, really struck him, it really hit home with him. And he reacted to it in a way that far exceeded how his friend had, uh, the extent to which his friend had embraced something that he was voicing. Hmm? So his friend was voicing this truth, if you will. But when Sridharmarsh just thought about it for a moment, not that he hadn't before, but just in this particular occasion, how it came about, it struck him in such a way that it became a pivotal, excuse me, a pivotal moment in his life and caused him to embrace, if you will, that idea in a way that was much deeper than his friend who had voiced it was able to do so. A testament as he spoke about it, Pujapatrita Marsh, how it affected him. Uh, to his background, if you will, from previous uh, lives, bhakti samskar, uh, and, and so forth. So there were a number uh, in, in his talks about him himself that were kind of pried out of him. Um, um, uh, there are a number of instances like this that were like just very pivotal and uh, made deep uh, impressions upon him and brought out to the, to the surface his bhakti scars from previous life. Of course, I should say at this point that he very much uh, depicted himself and thought of himself as a, as a, as a sadhaka. We would say a sadhaka, a sadhana siddha, hmm? um, which is uh, more typical than, than not um, with regard to uh, saintly persons 
in our lives and in the Gaudiya uh, Sampradaya. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as I said earlier, is Krishna appearing with his associates, those are nitisiddhas. Hmm? And when Krishna Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Leela becomes unmanifest, then they become unmanifest with him. So there's, from that point of view, there's there's not a lot of scope for nitisiddhas being uh, appearing in the world independent of or at a time after or different from the time of Krishna's appearance as Krishna or as, as, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, my Guru Maharaj Prabhupada also depicted himself repeatedly as a, as a sadhaka, uh, and we would say a sadhana siddha, who became siddha. They don't, he obviously didn't depict himself as a siddha um, out of natural Vaishnav humility. Um, but as a sadhaka who had previous um, background, previous lives in bhakti, he used to cite uh, the Gita, which speaks of those who uh, do not perfect themselves in one life and then take birth in pious families or the families of transcendentalists and pick up um, where they left off. Uh, Prabhupada used to re- repeatedly refer to that section, the sixth, sixth chapter of the Gita, um, and explain how he's born in a Vaishnava family and so forth. So, uh, you know, similar, Pujapachin was born in Navadweep Dam um, uh, and so forth. And s- moments in his life that were, were very pivotal, pivotal are, you know, might not be to somebody else, even though they might embrace the thought, the concept like his friend did, it really sh- shook him, so to speak, to the foundation. And he was able to, from hearing that, in that context, in that, in that time, um, to imbibe that, to embrace that, to kind of uh, put in place, if you will, a foundational stone in the, the temple of Bhakti that uh, he was at that point, beginning to construct in that particular um, life. And I should point out here, sadhana siddha, nitya siddha, uh, when Prabhupada was asked which was more important, he said, siddha baba means siddha. However, however you got there, you always be, have always been there, whatever may be the case. Uh, siddha means siddha. So we shouldn't think... Uh, uh, sadhana siddha less than the nitya siddha. Hmm. In fact, Sanatana Goswami makes a point about this with regard to Prahlad, who's depicted as a sadhana siddha, obviously, in the Puranas and in Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, he says that, uh, more or less, Sanatana Goswami in Brita Bhagavatam, that let's just see the position of the sadhana siddhas. Their love has been tested. Obviously, Prahlad's love was tested, right? Hmm. And he passed the test, whereas the Nitya Siddha as well, we don't know that they have never they've never been tested. I mean, just the way I'm speaking about it, <laughs> obviously. But uh, um, so I just I I, I I I need to make the point, I think, because there is a misconception about this that if you call your guru a sadhana siddha, you're making him or her be less than 
than uh, than what they are, even though they depict themselves as such. And as I'm saying, would is more the norm, mm-hmm. and is is encouraging to us that well, all the siddhas are not just nitya siddhas; that that sadhana actually works. <laughs> yeah, so it's encouraging to see then the fruits, examples, and and so forth. So um, we see in his life how, at point being, he reacted. First of all, he's born and in, 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 in go to Mandala Bhumi. That's suspicious. And then uh, the small things, as it might, might be to others, uh, he was able to, they, they, he was able to embrace, imbibe, and um, make them part of the, the life that he re- was really about, above and beyond his family concerns and um, uh, what they expected of him to marry and, uh, you know, uh, in education and so forth, which of course he did. He did he did marry, he did get an education. Um, but he didn't remain married uh, for long, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak about that. Uh, he got an education, as, uh, I think he got a bachelor's degree in uh, philosophy. Um, but um, along with his education and the kind of development of his uh, external uh, life before meeting Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and um, really then in a systematic way hmm, pursuing the ideal that um, he had a background to, as I'm explaining. Prior to that, there are these type of, some of these instances, like the one I just referred to with the student, that uh, he has related to us. Um, he uh, related his search for guru, hmm? and he went from one person, and that person told, couldn't answer his questions and told him, well, try this one here and there and, um, and, and whatnot. And he had uh, some very interesting questions for guru figures that, that they couldn't answer, that, that they couldn't capture, as a result, they could not capture his faith. Um, but um, um, at a certain point, I believe he he uh, met some of the students and uh, even sannyasis of Bhakti Sarsi Thakur's mission, and they couldn't entirely answer his questions either. But they brought him to Bhakti Sarsi Thakur who. Who captured him? Captured his heart, and 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 so for that time he was married, and um, he he said a thought came in his mind: oh, if, if my wife would had, would pass away, then I would I would be able to give myself entirely. And um, his wife passed away very shortly uh, thereafter. Young, you know, they didn't have any children. And at that point, um, he looked at it as uh, that, that Krishna had made the opening, and he, and of course, he became a monk, monastic in the uh, budding mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, uh, prior to that, um, uh, in receiving contradiction from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he had some faith in, as I say, the traditional way of looking at things. It's interesting to say that because he was also a modern person in his own 
time. Again, he got a bachelor's degree in philosophy, which was would have largely involved um, under the British uh, school system learning about Western philosophy. So about Hegel and Berkeley and Kant and this one and that one, history of Western philosophy, their thoughts and whatnot. Um, and he very much imbibed those in, in his talks in later years. By the time I got his association, he would often connect points of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with these uh, Western philosophical uh, giants and so forth. So he was he, he was a traditionalist, but he was also um, uh, attuned, if you will, to modern sensibilities to an extent that a lot of traditionalists are or not, or even are opposed to, um, which becomes a kind of a, a negative traditional um, preoccupation. Um, to be able to maintain a basic traditional perspective, um, and by this I mean a transcendentalist perspective, the modern perspective is, is not that, it's materialistic, largely philosophically speaking. Um, so to maintain that, but then to also be acquainted with the arguments and whatever is valuable in them to be able to embrace them. And this is the, the Saragraki kind of Vaishnav person that he was, a, a term uh, coined by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, essence seeking uh, Vaishnav. So when I say he was a traditionalist, I don't mean it in the more fundamentalist sense that uh, many traditionalists um, uh, embrace. So um, he, um, prior, as I was saying, to receiving the mantra diksha from his traditional perspective, he had faith in the idea of mantra, the idea that knowledge could be arrived at in a more comprehensive sense through something like by like reciting a sound hmm, that's in some ways escapes translation hmm, into any local vernacular of, of, of the world, hmm, an otherworldly sound that could transport one there. Hmm. Um, this is interesting that he had this kind of faith, if you will, because he was an intellectual, hmm, very scholarly, as I said, he had a degree in philosophy and uh, he was a, he became, of course, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsitakta described, described him as Shastra Nipun. Shastra Nipun means a scriptural uh, genius. Maybe we'll come, come back to that. But anyway, he was a very learned person. Um, but he had this abiding faith in the idea that real knowledge, comprehensive knowledge, would be arrived at by a means that exceeded the, um, the reach of intellectual exercise. He used to say in his later years, and he told me this on a number of occasions with a chuckle, that whenever I meet uh, the devotees who are intelligent, and, uh, very intelligent, then I have to hammer on this point, gyan shunya bhakti, gyan shunya bhakti. Gyan shunya means without bhakti, that is uh, unencumbered by gyan. Hmm? 
there's a tendency of intelligent persons to try to figure out Krishna consciousness and arrest it, capture every verse and every meaning and put it all together. And that's quite an exercise in and of itself because we have quite a, a body of, uh, of, 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 of literature and, and so forth. And what, what does it actually say and, and, and so forth. But you can have a complete grasp on that and, and not be Krishna conscious. One time, sitting with Pujapad Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Marjan Vrindavan, he was, I was sitting with him and, he, and a report came that such and such Maya body was in town. He was very famous and he was going to be speaking. And, and apparently, I didn't know him, but apparently um, Pramod Puri Goswami Marjan did know him and he chuckled and he said, uh, he said, yeah, he knows this. He knows the Siddhanta better than we do. Because when the, this is the Advaitans, what they would do is wherever they would go, because they were these big gyanis, you know, they would know, this is where I'm in the Gaudiya place now. So then they would speak Gaudiya. They, they knew Gaudiya philosophy. They knew Brahmanuja philosophy. They knew Madhva's philosophy. They knew the Sankhya philosophy. They knew Advaita Vedanta. They, that, that's what they were, they were like. For me, you know, I know something about Gaudiya Vaishnavism. You know, that's about it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I know a little bit more than that, but that's my specialty, right? So they would make all their, their, their intellectual appetite is so, so big. Um, of course, they also will admit and acknowledge uh, that the famous Madhusudan Saraswati was fond of emphasizing that the argumentation debate over philosophy um, can only uh, is only so useful only goes so far um, but practice is is um, a transrational as I sometimes say exercise that will actually give us more knowledge understanding than the exercise of our um, intellect so at Bhujapachinamarsh used to emphasize the point I have to hammer on them Gyan Shunya Bhakti, Gyan Shunya Bhakti. Um, so he had this uh, example of this was his his faith that by chanting the Gayatri mantra hmm, without thinking about what it meant, hmm, trying to figure that out, what just by ch- chanting it, just by invoking it, he would arrive at at, at, at a, a, a stage or a of of a condition of knowing that exceeded whatever he could do with the exercise of his intellect. So this was before meeting Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Of course, he, he was from a Brahmin family, so he received the Brahma Gayatri as it would be done traditionally. So he set out to chant it a thousand and eight times, I think. He did like a sad and a thousand and eight times chanted. And at that time, he said he had an epiphany. So what his faith uh, was with regard to a sense of knowing that could be arrived at hmm, through chanting that would exceed any knowing that could be arrived at by the mere exercise of one's intellect was confirmed. Hmm. And that later, of course, that epiphany hmm, that he had from chanting the mantra, the Gayatri mantra, um, was developed hmm, into a very um, a very valuable uh, gem, if you will, for the uh, Gaudiya uh, Sampradaya in, in the form of his formal commentary 
on Brahma Gayatri Mantra. Hmm. That's an interesting point because Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitaku used to give the uh, Brahma Gayatri Mantra at the time of initiation, which wasn't typically given. It was given in, in, in the Varnashram context to Brahmins and Brahma Bandhus and so forth. Um, and, but the Vaishnav Diksha Mantras are different. Bhakti Siddhanta used to give the Brahma Gayatri, and there, and there are a couple of different reasons for that, but some people even today, take exception of that. What is that? That's, you know, that's not a Gaudiya Diksha Mantra. Of course, they miss the point that um, as Jiva Goswami um, underscores citing the Guru Purana in his Tattva Sandarbha and Paramatma Sandarbha, Gayatri Vasu Rupo So, Srimad Bhagavatam is a commentary on the Brahma Gayatri. So, you would think if, if they Srimad Bhagavatam is a commentary on Brahma Gayatri. Brahma Gayatri maybe has something to do with, with Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, and Diva Goswami demonstrates that uh, in brief in Tattva Sandharva and Paramatma Sandharva. And Chidamarsh took it to another level, his Brahma Gayatri commentary, uh, it, uh, demonstrating how it can be taken to be uh, not only a, as Jiva Goswami emphasized, a focus on Krishna, hmm, uh, Vishnu, and within that Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, hmm, but also uh, in the service of Radha. He draws Radha Dasyam from the, uh, from the Brahma Gayatri. Very extraordinary. So he did, indeed, he had an epiphany in his early days and a faith, an abiding faith in a, in a, in a transrational means of arriving at comprehensive knowing as a perfect means, as I sometimes say, to arrive at perfect knowledge. Intellectual exercise unto itself cannot be perfect. It is a product of our karmic um, involvement. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be utilized mm -hmm. for uh, our spiritual development, but unto itself, it, it doesn't have the capacity to afford us perfect uh, knowing. So, um, eventually, of course, as they say, he, he, he did uh, come in contact with uh, with Gaudiamath and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. With the passing of his wife, he entered the mission. I think at the, at the time, Bhaktisiddhanta was holding a, um, well, I'll preface that with this, this anecdote. He came to the Bhagavazar Moth, I believe it was the Bhagavazar Moth, which is the famous temple in Calcutta, um, famous because Gaudias were living in the Dhams, Puri, Nadia, Navadweep, Vrindavan, and they wouldn't go to Calcutta or Delhi. And so Bhakti Siddhartha went there and built a temple out of marble, collected from the people and so forth. And, and um, maybe it was during the construction of that, that temple that Shudamarsh joined. Um, and what was that? It's an answer that I was trying to recall now. It's, it's, it's escaping my, my, my memory. He came to the temple, he saw the deities. Um, I, I forgive me, I forget, but he asked a question 
they couldn't answer. They pointed him upstairs. He went up and met. Guru, uh, Guru Maharaj, maybe why the deity was on the down floor and Bhaktisiddhanta's room was on the first floor? I don't know if you refer to that particular anecdote. Yeah, it's something related to that. How did that go? That basically he asked for that and, and, and he eventually asked. Uh, I think that was not with Bhaktisiddhanta, but with one devotee that they say, well, the Mahaprabhu who is in the, in the altar here in the town, Mahaprabhu is present here, but he's more present in the heart of Gurudev in the first floor, something like this. I don't know if that's, that's the anecdote. Yeah, that's the story, but what the, the import of it all, at all is not, not clear from even from your recollection of it. Um, but at any rate, he was satisfied with their answer, which pointed to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And um, so he met him and, um, and eventually, uh, so, you know, he was kind of coming and going, if you will, and Bhaktisiddhanta organized the festival with dioramas depicting different uh, um, points of the philosophy and invited so many people and fed them prasadam and so forth. And, and at the end of the festival, he um, made an appeal to all the guests and um, who had asked many questions and had been given many nice answers and so forth. He had one uh, request of them. So they were all, well, you know, you, you conducted such a nice festival, hosted us and fed us and everything, you know, Sadhu, what can he ask? Certainly we'll fulfill whatever you want. Um, so he had them kind of on the edge of their seats and Bhakti Siddhanta said, my, my one request is don't go home. You've come here now. Stay here with us. If you like it, it's nice. Stay here with us. Um, it reminds me of my God, the Vishnu John Marsh, where he used to preach to new devotees. And, and uh, he'd kind of corner them who hadn't become devotees yet. And he'd say, so how's the food? It's, oh, it's great. You know, I'd like the people. Oh, it's great. How do you like the philosophy? Oh, it's great. I'd like the music. Oh, it's great. You know, everything great. You know, so, you know, What's all, well, why not join us? Something like that, you know. Maybe the problems with you, there's nothing, there's no problems on this side, you know. He would corner them like that and, and they would join his bus, you know, travel. So young men, crazy um, as they were. So, uh, uh, so he said, stay here. And this really moved Sridhar Marsh also. And I think it was that time he went home and found that his wife had, had become ill and passed away so he he joined the mission mm. um, and in the mission he um, um, was one of the I think 18 disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta who took sannyas from him um, maybe he was um, early 30s excuse me early 30s at that time and um he was uh, very much respected uh, by his peers. Um, and it was uh, common for uh, him to be approached by other disciples after a lecture of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur uh, in, uh, in pursuit of, of those other disciples, clarification, understanding, what, what was he saying? What, what, so he had this capacity to understand Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur that exceeded that of many others and, and, and to represent uh, that uh, discourse, for example, on, the, on any particular occasion. 
in a way that uh, was more digestible by others. And so this was uh, uh, characteristic of him uh, that he was well regarded amongst his um, peers and scholarly. Um, he uh, did, um, he, he was instrumental in founding and participating in some of the um, development of the 64 monasteries of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi throughout any Madras in particular. Um, he was stationed there for some time in the beginning and got that mop going. So he, he had some active service, but he was more inclined to be in the background and more of a, I would say an introverted type of, of person, more, more leaned more towards the contemplative um, life. And, um, you know, in his time, if you will, to himself, it was not wasted even then. Um, he w was a composer and he composed in Sanskrit. One of the ways in which we can uh, support with compelling evidence, the extent to which he was uh, regarded by his peers, not easy to do, <laughs> not easy to accomplish, is through his uh, Sanskrit uh, composition that um, glorified Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Pranamami Prabhupada, Param. These Sanskrit stanzas that he wrote about Bhakti Siddhanta were so, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati lived so much within those stanzas in the eyes of the other disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur that after the passing of the Thakur in their different uh, moths that they, the disciples of Saraswati Thakur established um, this poem, these stanzas glorified Bhakti Siddhanta were sung every day. And some of the verses were engraved in stone, in marble, and put on the walls. Um, uh, we find that um, also, if we move for a moment from Navadweep to Braj, when the, uh, during the first Braj Mandal Parakram that he participated in, when Bhaktisthana would take his disciples around Braj for about a month, likely during the Kartik time, camping and doing kirtan and taking darshan and, and discussing, uh, engaging in harikata and so forth. Uh, at one point he asked, Bhaktisiddhanta asked uh, Sridhar Marshal, what's your favorite place? Of all these places we visited and so forth. So Sridhar Marshal thought for much of it, he liked Terkadamba. Hmm. I think that Rupa Goswami resided there for some time and maybe wrote some of his principal books at Terkadamba. Um, and so the following year, when they did the Braj Mandal Parakram, in speaking about something, the subject of Terkadamba came up and Bhaktisiddhanta said, and in your place, 
taught in the Shudamar that your place is Terracadamba. <laughs> so uh, his liking for the place was was something that that his guru took seriously. Oh, you like that, huh? Hmm. This is not coming from some material samskar. He detected this is coming from spiritual samskar. Hmm. And as it turns out, of course, you can go to Terracadam, but today it's not a uh, Lilastali uh, place of Krishna Lila or, or a sacred place. Uh, it is a Lilastali, but not one that's controlled by Godiamat or any branch of it. Hmm. But there in the Terakadamba, you can see at least some of the verses from his of his poem stands as glorifying Bhaktisiddhanta on, on, on the walls there. Um, so um, again, uh, uh, he was active, but his in, in in opening some of the moths and participating in that outreach, but his nature was was lent more to internal life, contemplative orientation and uh and he wisely spent time in in in, in writing and um and so the things that he would come out with like his brahma gayatri um commentary that i mentioned uh, rig veda mantra om tad vishnu paramam param I, I never saw that in writing but he spoke about that a very uh, I, 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 insightful his poem uh, one of the poems, uh, uh, there's more than one, glorifying Bhakti Siddhanta that received such um, wide embrace amongst his peers and so forth. Um, uh, they, by the time afterwards uh, that he established a moth in Navadweep, and we'll, we'll try to go into that, how that um, came about, that he got residence in Navadweep when I was visiting during that, that period, if a god brother like Pramod Puri Maharaj or Bhakti Daitu Madhav Maharaj would come to the moth for any particular reason to see Shudamarsh, they would pay obeisances to him on the street outside the moth before coming in. So it was held in, in high regard. And um, he, although a sannyasi, in, in that sense, in Bhakti Sananda's mission, a preacher, again, he was very more introverted, more contemplative in nature and, and, and scholarly. And so he was understood by his peers to be really um, very much objective, unbiased, um, uh, extremely uh, detached, um, um, unaffected, by pratishta, the charm of the world, the regard that one could get for being able to speak and be charismatic and make things happen. So he wasn't kind of the person like to make things happen. His moth was like, you can see it today, it looks like something happened there, but it happened largely to a large extent after he passed away, Prabhupada designated funds to be given the Sridhar Maharaj's moth to finish the, the, the mandir and, and so forth. There were times, Govinda Maharaj related to me that living there with Sridhar Maharaj, that they didn't have enough rice to go around. And this is Bengal, which is like rice is grown on, you know, everywhere. And they, rice is the grass in the Ganga Delta. So 
they were very poor. He wasn't like shaking things up and making lots of devotees and, you know, big programs and so forth. Um, but he was um, highly regarded by some of those who were, including my Guru Maharaj, uh, who regarded him highly. Recently on Facebook, a, a, a devotee posted a picture of Prabhupada garlanding Sridhar Maharaj at his, at, at his moth. And he, I, I guess he somehow tagged me or something. I don't think they call it tagging. And so it came up and I, I saw it. I had seen the picture before, but it was, I looked through and read some of the comments and it was, it was, it was just so um, uh, unbelievable that amidst many nice comments, some guy gets on there and makes some derogatory comment. Prabhupada just didn't want Sridhar Marsh this, didn't, he said this, he didn't want that, and Prabhupada, the God brother, and here's the picture, it's Prabhupada garlanding him, you know, Sridhar Marsh, I mean, it, 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 the picture's worth a thousand words, so I just commented there from the Gita, you know, follow the photo, make a garland, buddy, you know, <laughs> the, the verses, Krishna says, whatever great people do, hmm, other people follow. So they set an example. So if you think Prabhupada's great, which the guy was saying, maybe you should follow his example and make a garland today for Sridhar Maharaj. It's not a day, nor is any day a day for criticizing someone that Prabhupada's, Prabhupada's garlanding in the name of glorifying Prabhupada. I mean, how anybody could not like put that together. I, I, uh, it's just a testament to how how, uh, how great the need is for a good uh, sadhusanga. Hmm? Um, so Prabhupada also amongst the goblins had great uh, regard for Pujapatrita Marsh. As you know, um, um, probably are aware after the breakup of Gaudiya Math, after the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta, Prabhupada had two flats in um, Calcutta and he lived in one uh, with his wife. He was a Grihasta. And the other one he gave the Sridhar Marsh. And so he had that as like a base, so to speak. And uh, a couple of disciples. They, they, they were, Prabhupada was writing his Bhagavad Gita commentary at that time. And Sridhar Marsh was writing his Gita commentary at that time. Um, Prabhupada was an energetic person for making things happen kind of a person more extroverted comparatively and he wanted to make things happen he wanted to start a mission he said and it's recorded with Sridhar Marsh as the head Sridhar Marsh would be the Acharya and probably would do this work and, and make 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 a mission organize it um, but Sridhar Marsh was so introverted <laughs> that he didn't want to be head of, a, of the kind of mission that that, that uh, that Prabhupada could, with his energetic nature and character, could potentially, you know, uh, manifest. And of course, with the one that he manifested exceeded any of the expectations of the possibility that arose even in Sridhar mind at the time. As he said himself, we, we're all stunned by that. All of India is stunned. The world is stunned by that. I say, Shaktivesha, Nityananda Vesha, you know, speaking like this about about Prabhupada very affectionately and so forth. Um, but um, um, 
again, Prabhupada, had, and as other godbrothers, had great regard for him, and, and, and they had a very affectionate relation. I mean, they lived together, I think, for about six years there. Um, so he knew Prabhupada very personally. He knew his family and everything. That's why when, and Sridharmarsh told me this, when, when Prabhupada wanted to take sannyas, he approached Sridharmarsh and Sridharmarsh said, I don't think I should give you sannyas. Your family will come here and, and picket and protest my moth, you know, for that. It might not be the best idea, um, you know, and no need, maybe wait. <laughs> and he chuckled and he said, but he was so determined. He went to Keshav Maharaj and, Vrindavan took sannyas and, and, and so forth. So, um, so Prabhupada had, had, anyway had great um, regard uh, for him, and um, eventually, um, Guru Maharaj again uh, established a moth in Navadweep. He got, I should say, residence in Navadweep. His idea was not to establish a moth in. Navadweep and as a base for preaching and so this was just not like uh, something that uh, a motivation that, that drove him at that time especially as I say while he was involved in outreach as I refer to it sometimes um, in the during the time of Bhakti Siddhanta still he was writing composing he, he at that time in the presence of Bhakti Siddhanta he wrote his poem famous poem I forget the name of it about Bhakti Vinod Thakur and, and Saraswati Thakur said that he, Sridhar Maharaj has captured Bhakti Vinod in his poem. What he has said about Bhakti Vinod, this is Bhakti Siddhanta speaking. I mean, you couldn't know Bhakti, no one could know Bhakti Vinod better than Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And he said, this poem, Sridhar Maharaj has captured him here. Oh, Eric just left. Hello? Has captured him. Um, So again, even while doing outreach, he gravitated towards, you know, to write Sanskrit composition poems. So this, this takes some time to your to yourself and, and so forth. Um, so so then with the passing and well, another instance, of course, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsthi Thakur, we'd be remiss not to mention this, also had the energy for wide circulation, and obviously that was you know what he was asked to do by, by Bhakti Vinod Thakur. So he wanted to send a missionary to London, to, you know, which was the capital of the world, so to speak, at the time. And he chose Sridharmarsh as his, it was his person of choice. And Sridharmarsh said, certainly, if it's your wish, I will go. But then his, his introverted side came out. He said, there are some reasons that I might present before you, Gurudev, for your consideration that... Um, upon considering may cause you to choose someone else besides me. Hmm? I mean, this is a really, really good quality. Hmm? You can imagine you're the chosen disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta to, to lead the mission in London. The first outreach, prominent outreach of Gaudiya Vaishnavism outside of India uh, backed by a whole mission. Hmm. A lot of prestige goes with that. <laughs> a lot of honor and distinction and so forth. He had no interest in that. Hmm. And uh, so he, he, he said, I think that, first of all, amongst us, some others are better speaking, uh, better in terms of speaking English. 
So that might be a reason to choose somebody else. And also he said, my nature is more introverted rather than extroverted. And in that sense, I may not be the best person for that type of, uh, of a mission. Of course, I should preface this by saying, Bhaktisiddhanta wanted him to go, he said, because he knew Srinamarsh can never be con converted. Hmm? He had strong faith in Guru Maharaj, it's his conviction and so forth. He named him Bhakti Rakshak, Sridhar. Hmm? Sridhar is the sannyas name, which means really from a Gaudi perspective, the bearer of Radha, Sridhar, Dhar, the carrier of Sri, and Bhakti, Bhakti Rakshak means protector. So uh, Sridhar is also, of course, the name of the famous Gaudiya commentator, famous commentator on Bhagavatam that Mahaprabhu had regard for, Sridhar, Sridhar Swami's commentary that all of our founding acharyas, who all of our founding acharyas cite in their commentaries um, and so forth. So it's a, it's a commentary on the Bhagavatam that establishes eternality of Krishna and his associates, his lila, and so forth, um, as opposed to an Advaitin you know, perspective. So uh, he was a protector, therefore, uh, Sridhar Swami, of the uh, theistic idea. So there's something in the name that Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthakura gave him. He thought he was the he had the capacity to protect the Siddhanta of Gaudiya Vaishnavas, preserve it. He could never be converted, uh, and, and and so forth. So he gave the two reasons anyway why he thought maybe he wasn't the best person to go. And then the third reason was, hmm, first reason again, there are others who speak better English. Second reason, I'm I'm a very introverted person. I may not be the best person in terms of this disposition and nature. And third, he said. You may not be with us for much longer. And I think I could, if I could stay, stay in your company, my time would be, be well spent. I think that I could take advantage of it. Hmm. Not everybody can take advantage of the guru's presence to the same extent. Hmm. Gurus like the fire and we have to judge and he has to help us to help to determine how close we can be to the fire. You can't be too far or you get cold and you won't be able to cook can't get too close, you might get burned. Hmm? So there's a balance there. But he felt that he could stay next to the fire. Hmm? And Bhaktisiddhanta liked that. And, he, and I think he, he agreed. He said, well, you got me on that, yeah, more or less. So he chose someone else to go after Sridhar Marsh gave those uh, reasons. Hmm? Um, but he had great uh, confidence in him is the, uh, is, is the point. And also the point is that Sridhar Marsh had no ambition to be in the front, to be, to have uh, the distinction that would, would come with that, that someone else might be susceptible um, to. And that was another reason for, for choosing him. Sridhar Marsh and knew this about him. So he was, this is a characteristic, he was known amongst his god brothers for this. So with regard to, as I was saying, establishing a moth in Navadweep, he wasn't, didn't have a big preaching plan there. And this is not a defect on his part, his part as some people foolishly think. Um, this, is, this is an ornament. This is, this, is a, uh, this is the kind of thing about him that caused Prabhupada to want a start, a mission with Sridhar Maharaj at the head, to want to build a house in Mayapur, a 
across the Ganga from Sridhar Math in Navadweep for Sridhar to live in so that his disciples from all over the world could come and hear from him. Prabhupada wanted this. And he said, and he told us to Sridhar and we'll build an elevator, a lift, he said. And you'll stay on the top floor, I'll stay on the bottom floor, and you won't have to make any effort to walk up the stairs. Hmm? The elevator will, t- will, will take you up. And then people from all over the world can come and hear your, your discourse. Hmm? Um, and it's something that uh, Sridharmarsh could appreciate the sentiment, the insight of Prabhupada. It's not something he, you know, people all the world come to hear me. You know, he, 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 you know, he could understand he was who he was, but at the same time, he was introverted in his nature uh, and so forth. He, how he got his place in Navadweep was, was that he, he was born in Godamandala, as I'm saying. But he wanted permission to live in Navadweep. What does that mean? You already, you're born in the Godamandala. You don't need permission to live here. You're born here. Hmm? But he understood what it meant to live in the Dham. Hmm? Not just by being born there physically, not being able, just being a Bengali, you know, from that district but to live in the Dham. So rather than to go, this is after the passing of Pakistan, to go on, start a mission and so forth. He thought that now even more than in his presence is the time that Guru Maharaj has disappeared from the manifest world. Now is the time for me to go more internally, to find him there. Hmm? Um, so I want to live in Navadweep, but I have to get the his fine theistic thinking, he thought, the permission of, of uh, Nityananda Prabhu, his blessing. It was with the blessing and permission of Nityananda Prabhu that Krishna's Kaviraj got residence in Vrindavan, and out of which that residence came Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? Uh, by removing the um, influence of samsara, mm-hmm. Nityananda Prabhu's grace, one becomes as now able to, in a position to enter into, to remove it in the context of bhakti, now to enter into the, the, the Dham. So he went to Ek Chakra, the birthplace of Nityananda Prabhu in the Godumandal, and asked his permission to live in the Dham. At that time, a number of persons had approached him for initiation, including Prabhupada's sister, Babatarini, or Pishima, as we used to refer to her, uh, auntie. Um, Prabhupada's sister was <laughs> very much affectionate to, to Prabhupada, obviously, and she had took, taken Harinam from Bhakti Siddhanta, but she had not yet received Mantra Diksha before he passed away. So he, she wanted to take second initiation from Sridhar Maharaj, which again shows a closeness of their family ties and so forth. But Sridhar Maharaj was not inclined to give initiation. Hmm. Um, so she went to Goswami Maharaj, another, another god brother, but she had that um, uh, affinity uh, for Shudamar, that confidence, that faith in him. So nice, just a good example. Nice people, 
qualified people, <laughs> Prabhupada's sister, an example, were approaching him for initiation, but he was not giving. So he went to Agachakra to get permission of, of Nityananda to live in Navadweep, and in his heart, Nityananda gave the impression, the translation of which is, you ask me for your mercy, for my mercy, Nityananda said that you may live in the Dham. Hmm? That's, the, that's my own Sandini Shakti. Ram Ki Jai. You want residence there. You're asking me for my mercy. But you, sir, do not give your mercy to anybody. So this struck him, he thought. Hmm. So he translated it like this. Nityanandapur has given me permission to stay but I cannot refuse people who come for initiation. But he didn't tell me I have to go everywhere, chase everywhere, try to find people, grab people, create this gimmick or that gimmick to attract them and so forth. So I don't have to go chasing after people. If anybody, I live there, if anybody comes, I, I, I can't refuse them. <laughs> so this was the posture he took and um, Bhakti Pragan Keshav Marsh, who Prabhupada took sannyas from, who, who himself took sannyas from Sridhar Marsh earlier, helped Sridhar Marsh to acquire the land in uh, Kola Dweep, uh, just at the place where, uh, uh, where I think, I think it's Devananda Pandit's offense to Sridhar uh, Shivastakur was um, committed and, and ultimately forgiven. Uh, place for overcoming offenses. He got his, uh, some land there and there he lived in a hut. And whoever came, well, okay, initiate him, but he's not feeding him, <laughs> not, not supporting him or anything. I'm just living here, this is what I do. And uh, I can share the mantra with you and the teaching and so forth. So, so it was very, um, the reports are that it was a very austere life, very, very, kind of objectively um, renounced from a physical uh, point of view. And I think I mentioned earlier, I don't know if I mentioned it, Govinda Marsh told me, Bhaktisundar Govinda Marsh, Guru Marsh's successor, that um, sometimes we didn't even have enough rice. Hmm? And so he told me, I would go, I would, many times I wanted to leave. Hmm? but I would approach the trees and ask their permission and none of the trees would give permission. <laughs> so I, I stayed. Hmm. Of course, he was a householder at a certain point. So he, he came and, and went in one sense for family responsibilities, but he was really the, you know, kind of the manager of the moth um, and the chosen successor of um, Marsh for his for his particular in, in institution, so it was a very um, uh, very undeveloped, very austere um, situation where he was living as a contemplative, basically. In uh, in Abu been initiating some local some local people came, nice people, and so forth. As I had mentioned earlier, even by the time of Prabhupada's passing. His moth had, the Nath Mandir had not been completed. Prabhupada gave the money uh, to complete that. 
and eventually, of course, some of us came, Prabhupada's disciples to his feet and brought many people from the West there and so forth. And, and they brought funds and so the thing was further uh, uh, developed and Hapaniya temple was built there at his birthplace and something in London and, and so on and so forth without him going anywhere uh, or being really the, the director of it all, uh, so to speak. Um, uh, so it was there, of course, uh, um, after the passing of Prabhupada, I had the good fortune to come under his shelter. And he was very, um, very kind to me. And um, he had a very penetrating uh, ability and insight to understand persons. I could understand that he understood me very well. Um, I had taken sannyas from Prabhupada, and he asked others to respect that, others of my gobblers whom he had given sannyas to. Um, he used to refer to me on more than one occasion as a bona fide student, which amongst his students who had lived in the moth for some time made their, like, wow, that's a big compliment coming from, I mean, his, his use of terms and so forth, you know, if he said this is a bona fide student, it really meant something. I'm not, he was generous, but I mean, but uh, very, he, he appreciated my inquiring spirit, the earnesty, earnestness with which I inquired and uh, through which I had come to his association. Uh, I used to visit there uh, during Kartik, which was fashionable and um, and Gorpurnim fashionable times, I should say, for going to, to India on the Godi calendar and also in terms of um, climate, those are not nice times to go. Um, festival times of the year. Um, but to be honest with you, um, I found it a little, uh, at times, problematic because there were social uh, distractions and um, amongst peers uh, and so forth. And um, uh, very much... Uh, Kind of a replaying of things that had, had that I had uh, left behind in Iskand, which I was surprised to find there as well. Certain temperaments and uh, attachments to form over substance, even in the place where substance over form was being broadcast from from the veranda of Pujapatriya Martian. That's not to say that there weren't many sincere and capable devotees, uh, some of whom, of course, produced his lectures into books and. And, and, and rendered an invaluable uh, service for forever to the community. But uh, I did not find those times as, as rich and rewarding as I did when I was able to, for the month of May in one year, I don't remember what year it was, spend the whole month in, at, the, at, the, at Chaitanya Saraswati Mahat as the only visiting Western devotee. Uh, so it was quite quiet. At that time, I spent a whole month there. I, I swam across the Ganga every day and back. That was my exercise regime, um, among other things. And um, and then I, there I first studied Bhakti, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Rupa Goswami in uh, Navadvip. This is where my understanding of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu uh, came from, the beginning understanding, and I was had the opportunity to discuss that with uh, Pujapat Sridhar Marsh, again, it was just him and me. 
uh, if you will, in, in any darshans that, that he would give at the time. So it was a very, um, and then I got a good instruction from him, advices from him, uh, affectionate um, feelings, um, and so forth that have very much shaped uh, my life. I'm shaped very much by Prabhupada's uh, side and, and, and by Shidamars. And they're both very, very, very different. So I'm kind of a, uh, a hybrid. <laughs> um, but, um, but overall, um, those years um, after the prop, passing of Prabhupada and after things deteriorated further in Iskon and the Prabhupada left in 77, so in the early 80s, early to mid 80s, 1980s, then there was um, 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 more difficulty. And, and Sridhar Maharaj was there, like, I could compare Prabhupada to his campaign to the sun. This was like scorching the earth, you know, everywhere, shedding light. Um, but Sridhar Maharaj's campaign was like the moon that reflects the light, so to speak, and is very soothing at a time after the departure of Prabhupada soothing was was much uh, required and and uh, and he asked me to do that kind of what i would call soothing work of as i said earlier of uh, relief work to speak to devotees it was very painful to him to think that Prabhupada's campaign had brought so many people in, within the fold of mahaprabhu's teaching to see them lose heart and to to, to leave to become disenfranchised uh, in, in in this life and so forth um, from that, so he that, that very much um, that that it, that was very difficult for him to uh, to think of. Um, he uh, I remember when some of the leading devotees left, who were gurus in Iskon, three of them at the same time. I uh, came to Navadvip, you know, just right about that time shortly after, after on, on, on one, in, in one year. And um, so he had heard news that so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so had left. And I was the first person to come that could confirm the news. So he asked me, is it so true that and he had met those devotees, um, disciples of Prabhupada, he knew them. Is it true that they had left and, um, and lost their shraddha? So it was very, uh, I had to confirm it. I tried to avoid it and kind of nuance it and so forth. But yeah, they had left, and he and then he began to weep at the thought, and 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 speak spontaneously about what Prabhupada had done and how how great it was and how all go he was proud, all Godis were proud, all Hindus were proud, all of India was proud, you know, and so on and so forth. And uh, the, t the thought that people could come, he knew what it was to come to the shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even to touch that, hmm? what the prospect was, Prem, Prayojan, to, to enter into Vrindavan. I mean, you, know, you can make a contact spiritually, a real and spiritual contact on so many lower levels that will take you beyond material existence. But to enter into the private life of God to come in touch with that, what that meant in a, in a jiva's trajectory, he really, really felt that. And the thought that that would be interrupted or that that faith, which is the connecting link, if you will, would be disturbed or damaged was, was, uh, was like, would, would, would give him like heart palpitations 
to, to, to see that as I, I witnessed the real compassionate character of a Vaishnava was very, very moving, very touching. It, it really, it really uh, gave in me so much patience hmm? and um, uh, natural, it, it caused a natural effort within me to, to, to hear and to try to understand what people feel, what their questions are and answer them, take the time um, uh, uh, to help you know, solidify and grow uh, their, their faith. So uh, we are all blessed, uh, you know, I'm blessed personally to be with him, but that uh, blessing is extended to all of you. And on occasions like this, we're, we're fortunate to, to um, think of him. Um, again, he's named Bhakti Rakshak and um, uh, with the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he was asked to sing Shri Pada uh, at that time. Near, before his passing by Bhakti Siddhanta. And it was thought by the God brothers of Sridhar that at that time, mystically, Bhakti Siddhanta had given him entrance into uh, the, the, uh, the Brajalila um, and Madhurya Rasa. And he reflected on it that, uh, but I thought he appointed me at the gate, Rakshak, as the protector of the gate. And I'm not, he used to say, I'm not letting just anybody in. So, to be in touch with him in a favorable way and to uh, have, a, have a real connection even uh, with, with him, you know, uh, through su su succession and so forth. This is very, uh, very, very auspicious for me. I mean, to meet Prabhupada, I never thought I could meet another person like that. In a, in, a, in a million lifetimes, and then to meet Sridharmarsh and find out he's completely different in his disposition, but he's 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 coming from the same tree, hmm? two flowers, two fruits from the same tree. Uh, uh, it's very much you know that that I just want to say that that that, that impact, hearing from Prabhupada, learning from him, serving him, loving him, then meeting Sridharmarsh of a completely different disposition and temperament but the same, having the same substance and so forth, that kind of collision, if you will, uh, is, is, is really what, what I'm, I'm about, so to speak. Um, um, uh, and the, and the, the ability to think about Prabhupada in a, in a, in a dynamic way, I would say, I mean, I, 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 I experienced something very uh, uh, profound. I I I I, I feel like I got like um, a uh, at a certain point. I, I I felt that my intelligence is is spiritually grown in in a mystical way. Hmm? That uh, is all, which is his grace. It was not like just information, but by grace and ability to digest and assimilate. I mean, I've always had it to some extent, but I felt like it was, uh, that um, it was a significant kind of upgrade, if you will, is good company. <laughs> so uh, again, we're uh, blessed to be able to um, speak about him on any day, but particularly in this day. So I hope you will all um, take the time today to reflect on him and make a sincere prayers to him and um, 
and and I hope to uh, imbibe the spirit of his person and teaching in your lives going forward. Bhakti Rakshak Shiradev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai. Abhi Bhav Motsava Pujapad Bhakti Rakshak Shiradev Goswami Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premarande. So was the time? I can't hear you. Archid City, I see yeah, her. One o'clock. <laughs> what time is it? One o'clock our time, so 10 o'clock your time. Oh, so we've gone a little over time. Okay, well, sorry for that to keep you. But... We're not sorry. Well, it was a very beautiful, wonderful class. And just want to thank you for being the one that really brought Sridhar Maharaj into my life. And I know many others on this call as well. We, didn't really have that access and what a, a wonderful help to all of us. So thank you so much. And thank thank you to Padmanabha Swami and Padmanabha Swami Ki Jai. And all the Spanish devotees that we don't see. I hope that if this all worked out well it seemed like it did. So okay. Kartik Rataki Jai. So next Sunday, we'll be having our um, class will be Govardhan Puja at the regular um, question and answer time on the sun for Sunday. So there'll be a notice coming out for everybody about that. But um, same, we'll have the same setup again. It will be live streamed onto Facebook and the Spanish devotees will have their simultaneous translation going on. So it'll be um, another festival. So thank you all for joining us and um, have a beautiful week of Kartik and we'll see you on Sunday. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna